It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Over 70 dead as dozens of tornadoes rip across South and Midwest. That's from ABC News and other sources. From Fox News and numerous other sources, tornado outbreak leaves path of deadly destruction. Media sources from the left and the right are quick to cover climate cataclysm, but what part in the equation will they never disclose? One of the deadliest tornadoes now being labeled the Quad State Tornado erupted under the cloak of darkness overnight Friday and into the early hours of Saturday, leaving at least 70 dead. The quote Quad State Tornado may have set the record for the longest continuous tornado in American history. It wrought havoc across four states in four hours, Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, and Kentucky. This devastating December outbreak involves more than 30 tornado reports across six states and it's not over yet. Cascading climate collapse is accelerating exponentially. Covert climate intervention operations are radically fueling the overall process. The constant parade of climate catastrophes will continue and will worsen rapidly. It is not possible to truly comprehend how so many so-called climate scientists, official agencies, and so-called elected officials can continue to pretend that global climate engineering operations are only a, quote, proposal, while the reality itself rages in skies all over the world each and every day. All the while, corporate media is doing their best to cover the tracks of the climate engineers for obvious reasons. What exactly is so-called industrialized, militarized society? What kind of nightmare have we created? What will be our final destination? How long until total collapse? What will each of us choose to do with the time that we have left? Every gun that is made, every warship that is launched, every rocket that is fired signifies in the final sense, a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, from those who are cold and are not clothed. This world in arms is not spending money alone. It is spending the sweat of its laborers, the genius of its scientists, the hopes of its children. This is not a way of life at all, in any true sense. Under the cloud of threatening war, it is humanity hanging from a cross of iron. A timeless nugget of wisdom from Dwight D. Eisenhower. And there is this. When fascism comes to America, it will be wrapped in the flag and carrying a cross. That's from Sinclair Lewis. Recently, a CNN commentator labeled America as, quote, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Is that actually the case? Really? I'm simply asking the question. You can fill in the blank, and while doing so, consider that the American military juggernaut has some 800 foreign bases all over the world. This isn't about democracy. It's about empire. It's about resources for the empire. Are other nations and their militaries benign and benevolent? Of course not. But for the record, all global powers are colluding and cooperating on core issues. Climate intervention operations and CV-19 are key. It cannot be otherwise. The Pearl Harbor anniversary has again come and gone. How many new Pearl Harbors have we had since? Most of which the public are completely unaware of. As official narratives are increasingly questioned and ecological implosion unfolds by the day, controller desperation will accelerate exponentially. Indeed, it already is at warp speed. Biosphere collapse continues to accelerate by the day. This factor is the bottom line that's fueling the rest. The CB-19 fires continue to expand. Supply chains are rapidly breaking down. The road that lies ahead should be shockingly clear to all that don't have their eyes wide shut. What happens the moment populations realize the party's over? That there's no longer enough to go around? That total collapse is not only imminent, but already unfolding. The law of the jungle will erupt with blinding speed. Here's a headline to consider from last week. Researchers build a black box to record Earth's demise. That doesn't sound too good, does it? Stay tuned. 
If you're willing to face breaking bad news head on, you're in the right place. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the non-political commercial-free weekly installment of Global Alert News. This is installment number 331, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. The Global Alert News Hour is now on the air with AM and FM stations in Northern California, also in Sacramento, San Francisco, San Diego, and other AM and FM stations now airing this broadcast are located in Oregon, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Ohio, Colorado, New York, and Florida. My deepest thanks to those who have helped geoengineeringwatch.org to expand our voice to so many major locations. So, how bad is it? Few are yet willing to honestly face the wider horizon, but if more step up and sound the alarm, who knows what good we may yet accomplish, even at this late hour. Before diving into the dark waters of breaking frontline reports, this question that I hear all too often needs to be addressed. I just don't know who to believe, quote unquote. Here's the answer. Believe no one. Each of us, all of us, have a responsibility to carry out an honest investigation of the converging catastrophes that are closing in by the day. This is much easier said than done. It takes great strength and courage to abandon all biases, preconceptions, and programming. But it can. It must be done. And once all the facts are examined from independent sources, it is our responsibility to fully exercise our sense of logic and reason. Gifts that were given to each of us for a reason, so that we can make up our own minds. Then and only then can we have any chance of continuing on our individual journey with the correct compass heading. Let's consider this breaking headline last week from the UK Evening Standard. Quote, explosion in new heart conditions explained as post-pandemic stress disorder. Here's an excerpt from the report. Up to 300,000 people facing heart-related illnesses due to post-pandemic stress disorder warn physicians. Really? 300,000? And it's just stress? Question, if all these individuals had not been vaccinated, doesn't it seem that this would be the first thing a mainstream media source like the UK Evening Standard would have declared? But not so much as a mention. So, should we ask, were these 300,000 individuals vaccinated? Should we ask if that was a factor in this equation? Or are we now no longer allowed to ask such questions? From Newsbreak.com, this, no jab, no food. New Brunswick grocery stores can now ban unvaccinated shoppers. From that report, a new provision gives grocery stores, malls, and salons the option of either enforcing physical distancing rules or requiring proof of vaccination to enter their establishments. This provision was just put in place in New Brunswick. New Brunswick has become the first Canadian province to allow grocers to ban unvaccinated food shoppers coming to a town or city near you soon. Power structures are increasingly desperate to achieve total control on a dying planet. It's imperative to remember and consider global ecological collapse scenarios are the bottom line factor that's fueling the rising sea of insanity that we're all drowning in. Next headline, New York will require full vaccination to access restaurants, gyms, and entertainment. Five-year-olds need at least one shot. And this related headline from last week, Oregon health officials drafting a more, quote, permanent mask rule. So much for the power structure promise of everything going back to, quote, normal, if we just do what we're told. From the Washington Post, this 4.2 million American workers quit their jobs in October. They say in search for better opportunities. And now let's add this. From Too many major sources to list. Senate rejects Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. Are the last two headlines connected? You decide. And again, it's imperative to ponder this question. How much will any of it matter on a planet that no longer supports life? And again, this reminder, power structures all over the world are acutely aware of the fact that they can no longer sustain their populations. They can no longer sustain the current paradigm. What would we, what should we expect them to do? Think about it. From multiple sources, Fauci states definition of, quote, fully vaccinated 
will be changed. Moving the bar again. The report states the definition of fully vaccinated in the United States will be changed, Dr. Fauci said last Wednesday. It's going to be a matter of when, Fauci said, not if. Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, said all of this during an appearance on CNN. But Fauci and his big pharma friends are just trying to look after us, right? If there was anything nefarious going on, certainly there would be whistleblowers, wouldn't there? Perhaps not. Last week, from multiple sources, this Pfizer and Big Pharma ramp up lobbying to sink law aimed at protecting whistleblowers. From that report, Pfizer and other pharmaceutical industry players are stepping up lobbying efforts in hope of defeating the False Claims Amendments Act of 2021, a bill that would strengthen protection for whistleblowers. The False Claims Act, which dates back to the Civil War, rewards whistleblowers who file anti-fraud lawsuits against contractors on behalf of the government. The law originally enacted in response to defense contractor fraud during the Civil War has to date returned $67 billion to the U.S. government. Merck, AstraZeneca, Amgen, and Genentech also oppose the proposed legislation, according to multiple sources. Other groups opposing the legislation include the American Hospital Association, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Federation of American Hospitals, the National Association of Manufacturers, the Healthcare Leadership Council, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, and the American Bankers Association. Again, all opposing this law to protect whistleblowers. The National Whistleblower Center, the Project on Government Oversight and the Government Accountability Project, and Taxpayers Against Fraud supported the amendment to protect whistleblowers. So many times, I've heard from so many individuals this baseless excuse for willful denial, that if so much nefarious activity was occurring, there would be legions of whistleblowers lining up to tell their stories. We should ask Julian Assange how it went for him, or John Karakou, the courageous whistleblower that exposed the tyrannical U.S. illegal torture programs, who was the only one to be jailed in that case, the whistleblower, John Karakou. Do the blind flag-waving self-proclaimed patriots care about any of this? If so, where are they? In the 20 years plus that I've battled to expose the ongoing climate engineering insanity in our skies, I've been left in the ditch by so many self-proclaimed patriots that I could never begin to recall them all. I'll continue to hope that they find their courage and return to the front line of the battle, though I'm not holding my breath. This being said, I'll remain at my post no matter what comes. Let's switch gears to the bottom line of biosphere collapse in arguably the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat, i.e. sinking planet Earth, being further fueled by climate intervention operations. From news.un.org, i.e. the United Nations, land and water ecosystems, quote, stressed to a critical point. A headline's not true. We are far past the breaking points. This report states, entitled State of the World's Land and Water Resources for Food and Agriculture. Conclusion, systems at breaking point. The report highlights the challenges that lie ahead in feeding a global population that should near 10 billion by 2050, they say. Never going to happen. We will be lucky if any of us are here by the end of this decade based on current mathematical and statistical trajectories. How can this reality be so incredibly invisible to so many that, that so blindly accept whatever they're told and this, this type of completely false conclusion from the United Nations, not surprisingly, as if we're all going to be going to Disneyland by 2050. We're not going to have a habitable planet by the end of this decade on the current trajectory. It's not my opinion. Again, it's a statistical mathematical fact. Ozone layer collapsing. We've lost 70% of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years. We're down 80 to 90% on global insect populations, terrestrial and aquatic. We've lost about 90% of global pelagic fish populations, i.e. the fish food, salmon populations collapsing all over the globe. We've lost 98% of the bluefin tuna populations. I could go on and on and on. It's a cascading collapse and it's accelerating by the day. It is not a linear equation. We will not be here much longer on the current course. And if you don't believe that, you will soon. Wait and see. Next headline is 
mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast from Newsbreak.com. Researchers build a, quote, black box for Earth to record its eventual demise. In fact, it's near-term demise on the current course. The report states researchers are building what they say is an indestructible black box. The purpose of the box is to record events leading to Earth's eventual demise for future generations to reference. The location of the black box remains a secret. Wow. I don't really know where to start on that. What a glaring red flag regarding the insanity of so-called academia. Researchers and scientists building a black box to record Earth's demise for future generations to reference? Given their own conclusion, which is statistically correct, even in the near term, this decade in fact, what future generations would that be exactly? Answer, there won't be any, short of a complete course correction by the human race. Again, for the record, the single most environmentally destructive human activity of all, climate intervention operations. Let's rewind to this 2017 report from sciencealert.com. It states, it's official. There are now 12 new cloud types to fall in love with, they say. The report states, it's not every day that the world officially recognizes a new species of cloud, or in this case, 12 new, never-before-seen cloud types. The World Meteorological Day and the UN's official weather body observed the occasion by recognizing 12 new types of cloud and cloud features, including Asperitis, the wave-like cloud structure that makes it look like the world is underwater, as if the sky were the surface of the ocean. Final statement in the sciencealert.com report. Quote, it's a great day if you love gazing at the sky and there are plenty of new clouds. How many times, for those who know climate engineering is ongoing, for those who have eyes to see this elephant in the sky, how many times have you had someone walk up and say, what a lovely day it is when the sky's a full-blown grid pattern? And I simply can't respond positively to that kind of question. I reply with, no, it's not a lovely day to live under a toxic canopy of filth that's all settling down to the surface where all of us have to breathe it and absorb it. It's killing everything. I can't go along with that kind of willfully blind hypocrisy, pretending it's a, quote, lovely day when we are existing under skies filled with toxic jet-sprayed filth that's part of the climate engineering onslaught. And as if the filth wasn't enough... It's all too common to see the herringbone patterns in the electrically conductive particulates that are being spewed from geoengineering jet aircraft. And these herringbone patterns are the hallmark signature of the radio frequency microwave transmissions that are used to manipulate these particulates in the atmosphere. And we're swimming in all of this. It's killing us. It's killing the web of life. It's dying at a rate that is geologically unprecedented in Earth's entire existence. The current rate of mass extinction is at minimum thousands of times greater than any past paleo event. In fact, the current rate of extinction is 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. And people are worried about their next iPhone or the next new car with no payments, no interest. And if they have their prayers answered, the price of gas will drop so they can drive to their heart's content? Is that what we're worried about on a planet that's dying by the day? Does that make any rational sense? If there was any intelligent being out there, it would make sense that there might be, right? It's a massive universe. It's incomprehensibly huge. Why would they bother saving a species that's so self-destructive as the human race, the majority? And there are exceptions, and those exceptions know who they are, and I'm certainly not speaking to those exceptions. But the majority are either actively or passively supporting the insanity. Why? Back to this article on the, on the new cloud types, lest I leave this point behind. Climate engineering is wreaking havoc on the Earth's climate system and has been responsible for the formation of many new phenomenons in our sky. And the so-called science community, the so-called climate science community, names these phenomenon as if it's somehow natural while pretending climate engineering isn't occurring, that it's just some sort of proposal that's exactly like what we see with exactly the elements that are showing up in our lab tests all over the globe, with exactly the consequences that we are told will happen if they deploy climate engineering, i.e. ozone layer collapse, i.e. total disruption of the hydrological cycle, creating extreme drought deluge scenarios and weather whiplash scenarios, all of which is happening. But we're told that that's just a proposal that could, may, might happen someday if things get bad enough. And the population buys this. 
Moving on from AccuWeather.com, unusual December warm-up ahead for a huge part of the U.S., the report states. Autumn weather so far has led to whiplash, wherever I heard that term, for millions of Americans who live across the central and eastern United States. Speaking of weather whiplash, of course, it's no wonder, AccuWeather says. Forecasters say, and forecasters are nothing but script readers at this point, that a trend in the coming weeks may lead many to scratch their heads and wonder what season it is anyway. A developing weather pattern, the AccuWeather report states, will favor well above average temperatures and most likely a lack of snow for much of the eastern two-thirds of the nation that could last until the official start of winter, December 21, and beyond. Temperature departures above normal are likely to reach 20 degrees Fahrenheit or more and even challenge record highs on multiple days. Temperatures so far this autumn have been like a seesaw, i.e. weather whiplash again, in the central and eastern states. This is the hallmark of climate engineering operations and chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. And again, overall, the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48 has been the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for nine years running. That's not nature, it's climate engineering. In regard to the ongoing freeze-fry extremes, search and view this geoengineeringwatch.org report titled Geoengineering Creating Freeze-Fry Extremes. View it. Share it. Help us to expose the insanity in our skies. Next headline from Axios.com. Stuck jet stream brings blowtorch December in lower 48 and frigid Alaska. Much to this scenario. Bear with me. The report states the lower 48 have seen record-shattering warmth so far this December with temperatures running as high as 35 degrees above average for this time of year. The warmth has been so pronounced that during the weekend, brush fires broke out in a snowless, unusually mild Denver metro area. The report then states the big picture of the jet stream, which is a river of air that rides at about 30,000 feet along the temperature contrast between air masses steering storms as it goes, has been stuck in a position well north of the contiguous U.S., keeping storms and cold weather at bay. They're locking what little cold air they have in the Arctic, desperately attempting to mask the true severity of polar meltdown until the last possible moment, desperate to create headlines like those which I covered in one of the last two broadcasts about the ships being locked in Arctic ice, which they are sea surface nucleating with chemical ice nucleating elements, creating sensationalized headlines to continue the confusion and division in the U.S. population and global populations in regard to the true state and totality of planetary meltdown. The Axios.com report on the quote stuck jet stream then states, the prevailing jet stream has also helped direct a series of potent atmospheric river storms into the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia where flooding devastated communities throughout the BC region. Now follow me through with these final points from the report and then I will summarize and explain the significance of this report. They state, but there's a cold side to the jet stream and it's been bottling up the frigid air in Alaska and parts of northern Canada. Some locations in Alaska were at least 20 degrees Fahrenheit colder than average during November with unusually cold temperatures forecast to continue through much of December. That's what's scheduled. They then state, to make things even more strange, a, quote, Kona low stalled northwest of Kauai and has brought a surge of tropical moisture to Hawaii, which is falling in the form of wind-blown snow. I covered that last week. And there is this from the report. This has meant that the longest duration blizzard warnings in effect for the past three days in the U.S. have been outside the lower 48 in Hawaii and Alaska. That's quite a contrast, isn't it? They then state... During the seven days ending on December 3rd, there were 2,657 daily record highs set or tied in the U.S. compared to just six daily record lows, according to National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration database. And there's this. December 1st, British Columbia saw its highest temperature ever recorded during the month of December. What's next? They say computer models are nearly unanimous in projecting a warmer-than-average December across the lower 48 states, along with continued cold in Alaska, and this. Looking beyond this month, there are hints this pattern may continue if the polar vortex stays strong, which would keep Arctic air bottled up in the far north. Here's what's happening. Plug this into everything I've covered in previous Global Alert News broadcasts in recent weeks, that they are funneling a fire hose of moisture into British Columbia over the top of a high-pressure dome in 
the western US, which cuts off our moisture. And this moisture then rotates around the clockwise spinning dome of high pressure, a dome of high pressure that is directly connected to ionosphere heater installations like HARP that beam millions of watts of radio frequency microwave power into the ionosphere, causing an electrical chain reaction, heating the atmosphere. This is not scientifically disputed. If you do not know what an ionosphere heater is, please research it. This is not fiction, it is fact. They then funnel this moisture as they're chemically nucleating it over the top of this high pressure zone. They're pinning the cold air up in the north in Alaska, trying to maintain what cooler they have, trying to mask the total meltdown of the Arctic, totally disrupting the planet's attempt to cool itself in the process. Again, this is a true cutting off one's nose to spite one's face scenario. But this is what climate engineers do. They're not vested in any legitimate mitigation in the planetary implosion that's occurring. They're invested in business as usual and keeping it so until the last possible second. The so-called polar vortex is a completely engineered winter weather scenario. Please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. The ecosystems in the polar regions are imploding. The power structure knows it and they follow the same trajectory of so-called treatment as Big Pharma. Hide the symptom even if it means eventually killing the host. In this case, planet Earth. On that note, regarding the symptoms in the far north, from HakaiMagazine.com, they cover coastal sciences, by the way. This headline, in a first, Alaska's Arctic waters appear poised for dangerous algal blooms. Those are algae blooms. From that report, climate change, they say, is bringing potentially deadly algae blooms to the far north, posing a new risk to food security. There's no food security on a dying planet. And the oceans, including in the polar regions, are converting to exactly what I've said they were converting to for the last 10 years at geoengineeringwatch.org. Canfield Ocean, a lifeless, superheated, stratified, oxygenless dead zone. It's happening. It's moving north rapidly. These algae blooms will radically decimate ecosystems in the far north. And climate engineering, again, in the attempt to mask the symptom by utilizing utterly insane and ultimately highly destructive tactics such as, again, sea surface chemical ice nucleation operations, such as facilitating unprecedented northern latitude forest incinerations to pump the atmosphere full of sun-blocking particulate matter, providing temporary cooling for the Arctic as it did this year, but at the cost of all but guaranteeing that none of us will have a future on this planet, including our children. My conclusions are completely science-based. Don't believe me? Good. I'm not asking you to, but what I'm asking for is an honest review of verifiable data. Search and view wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Possibly not on Google because they're trying desperately to mask our data. View this critically important report. Please help us share this data with others while it can still make a difference. Back to the Arctic from AccuWeather.com and other sources. Zombie fires burn despite temperatures plunging to 78 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. The report states bone-chilling conditions are being reported across parts of Siberia, which has been experiencing some of the coldest air on Earth for all the reasons I just covered. Because they are pinning that cold air north. They are holding the jet stream in a manner that will keep the cold air there in a desperate attempt to mask what's happening in the Arctic and at the cost of frying regions in other places, completely disrupting the planet's attempt to find a new equilibrium. They are totally derailing the planet's life support systems. About the zombie fires, again, in the Siberia region, despite a blast of cold air that's the most extreme in nearly eight years, zombie fires continue to burn beneath the frozen landscape. And it's not just the tundra fires. Massive methane blowouts are occurring on the Yamal Peninsula of Siberia and on the seafloor of the Arctic Ocean. The formerly frozen methane deposits are thawing and releasing. This is a catastrophic climate feedback loop that official sources and the whole of the so-called climate science community is trying to hide from public view. The bought and paid for power structures, so-called experts that deny all that I've just outlined are either clueless or lying. Take your pick. 
Moving on from the bulletin.org. That's the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. This atmospheric river brings floods, landslides, and maybe a reckoning, they say. The report states the cascading natural disasters in British Columbia have destroyed key pieces of infrastructure that experts say should trigger a nationwide risk assessment to prepare for Canada's rapidly changing climate. Again, climate intervention operations core to what's happening in the Pacific Northwest. They are firehosing moisture into that region around the dome of high pressure that's been parked in the western U.S. That pushes this moisture up and over the dome of high pressure. They're chemically nucleating it the entire way in their attempt to temporarily and toxically cool regions further inland. Creating the freeze-fry scenarios that we're seeing escalating all over the world. Again, please search the report with that title. Geoengineering is creating freeze-fry extremes. How can anyone at this point not notice that everything is different in regard to environments, in regard to the climate. When will the magnitude of that be faced? No habitat, no humans. On that note, in regard to the general trashing of the planet, this headline, Japan's upcoming nuclear waste dump. In April of 2021, the Japanese government announced its decision to discharge nuclear waste from the Fukushima Daiichi power plant into the Pacific Ocean via a sub-seabed pipeline. At least 1.2 million tons of tritium-laced toxic water will be discharged. How wonderful. Let's just dump it all in the ocean. As if the oceans aren't dead enough already. And if you think it's just Japan engaging this kind of behavior, think again. Another example headline from last week, same theme, radioactive water from the Pilgrim nuclear plant to be dumped into Cape Cod Bay. And about the Chernobyl power plant disaster, the sarcophagus that contains the meltdown is disintegrating. It's not over, not by a long shot. And we have 440 more nuke plants to go. Welcome to the asylum. And let's not forget that major powers aren't just using our rapidly dying oceans for a nuclear waste dump. Any and every used up and unwanted, highly toxic, human-produced waste is routinely dumped into the oceans. Anyone remember the recently discovered half a million barrels of DDT that is sitting on the seafloor just off the coast of L.A.? Half a million barrels? The researchers that uncovered and disclosed this crime described the scene, the scattering of DDT barrels on the bottom of the sea as being so vast that they compared it to the amount of stars in an immense galaxy. Half a million barrels. But don't worry, the criminal cabal masquerading as our government has it all in hand, right? This headline from CNBC, Wall Street economists are confident that the Build Back Better legislation will become law and boost infrastructure firms. And the report states that could spell a banner year ahead for stocks. If you think industrialized militarized societies will turn the proverbial corner in 2022, you're likely correct. The problem is that the corner in question is the edge of the abyss from which there will be no return. Societal delusion rules the day. Until we collectively hit the wall, which is now dead ahead, brace for impact. The endless money printing from thin air fiesta is in its death throes. Nature and all that it once provided is the only true wealth. That era, that epoch in the history of the human race is over. Right up until the instant of impact, many will continue to claim such conclusions are only, quote, alarmist. For such individuals, eyes wide shut behavior has been the extent of their courage, or rather, the total lack of it. More breaking bad news reports in a moment. But first, my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and by doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voices heard in this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It's our collective actions that can make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 331, December 11th, 2021. This is the bad news broadcast, but it's critically important information that covers the issues we must collectively face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free, frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. 
Recordings of the weekly Global Alert News broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest geoengineeringwatch.org awareness-raising materials can be ordered from our homepage for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Our color-glossy flyers and booklets are packed with shocking satellite images, documents, patents, photos of the retrofit spray nozzles mounted on climate engineering aircraft, and much, much more. Again, our only goal is to sound the alarm as effectively and efficiently as possible. The recently completed geoengineeringwatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming conclusively proves climate engineering operations are ongoing. This groundbreaking documentary is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. Please help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing the link to this groundbreaking documentary that fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Sharing the link for the documentary directly from the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage through email helps us to overcome the attempt of the controllers to censor the dimming documentary and the geoengineeringwatch.org data. Staunch ally in the fight to expose and halt the climate engineering insanity in our skies is the GEMFAIR group, G-E-M-F-A-I-R-E. At every GEMFAIR event, there's a geoengineeringwatch.org informational booth with free geoengineeringwatch.org printed materials. This week's GEMFAIR event at Santa Barbara, California, started yesterday into tomorrow at the Earl Warren Showgrounds. Please, if you're anywhere near that area, show up, show your support for Gym Fair, collect the materials you need to help effectively and efficiently wake those around you. Time is not on our side. We need to make every day count. Moving on to more bad news headlines. Much to cover, not enough time to do it. The climate science community is now telling us this. As climate change worsens, we are now living in a global fire age dubbed the Pyrocene, i.e. the age of fire. And of course, the climate engineering factor, which is the single greatest factor in regard to the epic global incinerations, is not mentioned. How much total acreage burnt in the Northern Hemisphere this year? About 50 million acres. How many fully comprehend just how grave a statistic that is. Let's move now to the Southern Hemisphere. From fizz.org, this. We are professional fire watchers and we're astounded by the scale of fires in remote Australia right now. From that report, while Southern Australia experienced a wet winter and a soggy spring, Northern Australia has seen the opposite. Extreme fire weather in October and November led to bushfires across 120,000 square kilometers of Southern Savannah regions. The lead author of this article, Rohan Fisher, maps and monitors fires across the tropical savannas and rangelands that comprise 70% of the Australian continent. The scale of burning we're now seeing astounds us, he states, almost as much as the lack of interest these fires generate. In contrast, central Australia has experienced rare flooding rains, including at Alice Springs, which recorded the wettest November on record. Again, the hallmark of geoengineering, i.e. climate intervention operations, drought deluge scenarios, and extreme temperature and weather whiplash scenarios. Keep that in mind. And about the trees, as I've stated over and over on this broadcast, in fact, for the entire length of the existence of geoengineeringwatch.org, the trees are not growing back. Keep that in mind. The damage done to this planet will never be rectified in any time frame that matters. Now what remains to be known is will anyone survive this trip to the bottom of the canyon? In regard to the trees, from counterpunch.org, this. Trees are not regrowing in burned out forests. Where have I heard that before? For so many years, now they're finally having to admit it. This strange occurrence is becoming more frequent as global warming turns verdant flora into flammable tinder, causing more and bigger wild forest fires. As a consequence, between the twin impacts of burned out forests failing to regrow and woody biomass chopping down mature trees that are strong carbon sinks replaced by frail seedlings, one has to wonder about nature's, quote, carbon sink capacity. Is it shrinking just when it's needed like never before? It's non-existent. Even the Amazon forest is now a carbon source and not a carbon sink. And we have so-called climate science community still dancing around these issues. They state at the University of Colorado Boulder, a study has shown that when forests burn across significant portions of the Rocky Mountains, the forests don't regrow. Even after 15 years post-fire, 80% of the surveyed plots contained no 
new trees. And it's even worse in other regions. Northern California, for example, the scorched black and burned forest, with the exceptions of the re-sprouting of certain types of deciduous trees, they're done. These forests are done. The entire region has been totally transformed. And this region has been warned since before it happened, since 2008. We have warned in this region, geoengineeringwatch.org has spent over six figures putting hundreds of thousands of flyers, color glossy flyers in papers as inserts, putting full page ads in North State newspapers. And how many are still completely oblivious to what's unfolding? And I know there's many other challenges we face at this point, and those challenges stem from the same source. But those challenges are directly related to, directly connected to, inseparable from the implosion of Earth's life support systems that's being further fueled by the climate engineering insanity. This report in the trees also states this. Recent studies show drought and heat waves will cause massive die-offs, killing most trees alive today. I've said this over and over at geoengineeringwatch.org. When 20 years ago in the North State, I could plant by myself 200 seedlings in a day with a 95% success rate, meaning 95% of those trees made it through their first year, which means they had a high chance of success. Now the success rate, the survival rate for the first year is zero. Zero. Nothing. Continuing from the report, giant sequoias, the granddaddy of the world's trees, are dying from the top down. The report says this has never been documented before. This is a glaring sign of the UV radiation that I've tried so hard, so desperately to bring to light. That we are now getting UVC on the surface. The ozone layer is disintegrating, which in and of itself is an extinction level event in the near term on planet Earth. Nate McDowell, an earth scientist at the U.S. Energy Department's Pacific Northwest National Laboratory and the lead author of a major worldwide study of tree loss, says, quote, we're seeing it almost everywhere we look, i.e. tree death. According to Henrik Hartmann of Germany's Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry in Central Europe, states, you don't have to look for far for dead trees. They're everywhere, he states. Recent Siberian fires have been biblical in scale. I mentioned that earlier. And intensity. As of June 2020, an article in SciTech Daily headlined, Meteorologists Shocked as Heat and Fire Scorches Siberia. One half of the massive fires are peatlands. Spoke about that earlier in this broadcast, which once started can burn almost forever if the heat is intense enough, which was emitting both CO2 and CH4. That's methane. Spoke about that earlier as well. The curse of CO2 blanketing the atmosphere and methane and nitrous oxide and trapping heat. As the planet gets ever hotter, it causes the atmosphere to suck excessive levels of moisture, which causes trees to shed leaves and or close pores, their stomata, spoken about that in many broadcasts, to hold in as much moisture as possible. Thus, in doing so, they do not feed, they do not absorb CO2, they do not release oxygen. Game over. No trees, no people. Simple equation. Adding to that, this new report shows push for electric cars is actually killing rainforests. What a surprise. How many times have I said that? The panacea of so-called renewable energy is nothing but a facade. A new report shows that the need for more raw nickel ore driven by the explosive market for lithium batteries is causing the eradication of pristine rainforests in the Philippines. This is not a gradual loss of acreage. Massive swaths of the forest are being shredded as nickel mines are expanding at a rate far greater than the rise in global temperatures even. About the lower 48 states, Winter Storm Atticus, the first theatrically named scheduled snowstorm of the season. Theatrically named by the Weather Channel Climate Engineering Cover-Up Institution. They state winter storm Atticus will spread snow from parts of the west into the plains and upper Midwest through Saturday from California to Michigan. This is the best they can do now is to, again, try to fire hose moisture into the west, much of it which they dry up initially. Again, the chemical ice nucleating elements have a desiccant effect on the moisture. They dry up much of it so the West doesn't get nearly as much as it otherwise would have because they need to keep this moisture in play. And they'll spread the widest possible swath of really minimal amounts of snow across the widest possible region so they can sensationalize the headlines, snow over a vast region, but it's really not much moisture at all. And even the moisture that does 
hit the ground in whatever frozen form it's in tends to sublimate, i.e. it tends to convert from a solid to a gas, i.e. evaporating, without much liquid coming off it, much like dry ice would be, also a, an unnaturally nucleated frozen material. Again, dry ice. So what's it take for populations to notice how unusual and unnatural these events are increasingly turning out to be and that the snow that does fall again it's full of surfactants we know this because we've tested it in multiple locations which makes the snow extraordinarily slick in most cases it's often a heavy wet snow because it's being nucleated at temperatures which don't facilitate natural ice nucleation so there's more moisture in this so-called frozen material or snow labeled as snow but again this is a it reflects the desperation of the climate engineers that they are doing everything they can now to engineer winter wherever they can sensationalizing whatever event they are able to whip up and trying to make people forget about the astronomically high temperatures they've suffered for in the case of northern california for about seven months of summer triple digits for most of that time sometimes near triple digits at midnight in northern california the forest of northern california or the former forests of Northern California, as it seems to be now. And snow is scheduled to come to Redding next week. So we've gone, again, from some days in the last week, from t-shirt weather after dark, to a freezing sort of dry fog with very little moisture in it, to the next night after that, back to t-shirt weather after dark. What's it take for people to, to notice how incredibly wrong all of this is? It's incredibly wrong. And now what we have also in regard to the scheduled weather, which is what the long-term forecasts are at this point, many days in Northern California and countless other regions are showing cloud cover scenarios for very extended periods, full cloud cover, but not a drop of rain. Why would that be? And how would the so-called forecasters know this so far in advance? The same way they know and, quote, predict, as I've stated before, many days in advance that specific days will be what is now termed as, quote, mostly sunny, which are, again, days that are almost without exception. Skies filled with lingering, spreading, geoengineering, jet aircraft, toxic aerosol dispersions that are the hallmark of the covert climate intervention operations. Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding tends to, as I stated earlier, dry up much of the available moisture as a factor of the endothermic or energy absorbing reaction of ice nucleating elements these are patented processes you can find some of those patents at the patents list at geoengineeringwatch.org just like evaporative coolers that are so commonly used in drier climate zones those that understand those evaporative coolers are consuming much of that water evaporating it and that's what causes the cooling effect same thing on a much bigger much more toxic scale much more effective scale, they can drop temperatures to astounding lows if they continue the ice nucleation process. These are surface level temperatures. They may only be a few hundred feet thick, but that cool surface air sits on the surface of the planet and creates this illusion of a cold seasonal change when in fact above that cold layer, the air can be much, much warmer. As I've communicated in the past with, or I've expressed on this broadcast my communication with pilots of commercial aircraft and private aircraft the Learjets have contacted geoengineeringwatch.org incredibly alarmed that in the case of the Learjets on several occasions these jets were put into a autopilot forced descent from above 40,000 feet because the temperatures outside were 40 degrees above normal that should alarm all of us immensely. The atmosphere is being torn apart. Climate engineering is the single greatest factor, but by no means the only factor. Every form of human activity that alters the energy balance of the planet, that alters the planet's natural functions, is a form of, in a sense, geoengineering. Altering the natural systems of the planet on which our lives completely depend. Next headline. The storm is not over. This continues on and on. With more rain coming, British Columbians evacuate. Again, flooding could be made worse by another 40 to 50 millimeters of rain. This ongoing fire hose into the west, again, part of their attempt to cool regions further east, 
pushing it up and over a high-pressure dome. Now they're going to drop that down, bring some of the precipitation into Northern California, again, nucleating it, creating the perception of winter weather on our planet that's in total meltdown. So to clarify about the precipitation in Western North America, the climate engineers have pumped so much moisture into regions like British Columbia that catastrophic flooding was inevitable, even with the desiccant effect of climate engineering elements. But further south, in Northern California, for example, the unorganized drifting masses of heavily sprayed moisture streams that are allowed into the state are being so heavily bombarded by the climate engineering operations that only a fraction of the rain that should have fallen actually does, resulting in temperature whiplash scenarios. And a final note about the theatrically named and completely engineered winter storm Atticus. In order to keep it going across a large swath of the U.S., a large narrow swath, the weather makers utilized additional moisture that was pushed north from the record warm Gulf of Mexico with December tornadoes along the way. Just as has been the case in recent years, so-called winter storms that are fueled with moisture straight out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico. Total desperation on the part of the climate engineers and their controllers. Again, chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations create various forms of frozen material, various compositions, but all of it is toxic. Not opinion, lab test proven fact. Next headline from the financialtimes.com, La Nina expected to intensify global rain and drought. Again, covering the tracks of the climate engineers. This is indeed the scheduled weather. This report states weather patterns linked to the floods in Australia, drought in Afghanistan, and dry winter in U.S. The La Nina phenomenon has developed for the second consecutive year with the weather pattern expected to intensify rainfall as well as droughts around the world. Again, climate engineering, single greatest drought-causing factor, period. Science backs that up. Please check the engineered drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. In the case of California, search engineered drought catastrophe, target California. Next headline from the New York Times. A slow motion climate disaster, the spread of barren land. This report states Brazil's northeast long a victim of droughts is now effectively turning into a desert. The cause, they state, climate change. Certainly, again, every form of human activity a factor, but climate intervention operations, single biggest factor, not mentioned. The report states desertification is a natural disaster playing out in slow motion in areas that are home to half a billion people from northern China and North Africa to remote Russia and the American Southwest. There's nothing natural about what's happening. And the population continues to accept this completely false narrative and continues to ignore the raging elephant in the sky of climate engineering operations. They continue with this report. The process does not generally lead to a rolling sand dune scenario that would evoke an image from the Sahara. Instead, higher temperatures and less rain combined with deforestation and over-farming to leave the soil parched, lifeless, and nearly devoid of nutrients, unable to support crops, even grass, to feed livestock. What is most affecting the soil? The contamination in the precipitation. Peer-reviewed study proves this bioavailable aluminum in the rain, which it is in the rain. We have lab tests from all over the globe to prove it shuts down nutrient uptake, kills soil microbial life, sterilizes soils, completely derails the hydrological cycle, the rain cycle. Climate engineering is the single most destructive human activity ever deployed by the human race. And yet, the whole of academia continues to pretend it isn't happening. And about the ongoing engineered drought catastrophe in California, this follow-up story from CaliforniaNewsTimes.com. State Water Project will deliver no water to most communities next year. From that report, as a clear indicator of the worsening drought in California, the Newsom administration announced that it should expect cities and farms to receive virtually no water from state and water projects next year, from Silicon Valley to San Diego. We're moving out of a historic set of situations, said Carla Nemeth, director of the Department of Water Resources. Again, as I've stated in so many broadcasts, so many California officials absolutely know what's going on, but they are more worried about their paychecks and pensions than they are the demise of the entire planet. Where is morality? Where is honor? Where is virtue? 
From ZMEScience.com, this tipping points can trigger climate breaking domino effect. I've outlined that on this program so many times. One domino triggers 10 more larger dominoes, which trigger in turn each 10 more larger dominoes. A massive cascading collapse scenario. This report states tipping points happen when global warming pushes temperatures beyond a critical no return threshold past that about two decades ago, at least. They then state large ice each, for example, in Antarctica and Greenland and the Amazon forest and the Atlantic overturning circulation in AMOC are believed to be at risk of passing crucial tipping points that could make, could may might, climate heating spiral out of control. It already is. Newsflash. They continue, tipping points are scary enough on their own, but as it turns out, each tipping point can interact and destabilize each other, causing a domino effect with severe consequences. In a new study, researchers ran over 3 million computer simulations and found domino effects in a third of them. They should be in all of them. Even under scenarios in which the Paris Climate Agreement targets are met, we are already far past those fictitious agreements Frontline data states we're past three and a half degrees C of warming right now. We are past the point, past the temperature threshold at which humans have existed on this planet. That doesn't mean we die tomorrow. It means that we have gone through the guardrail. We are in completely uncharted territory. And when I bring up certain scenarios, I want to point this out, that are mathematically, statistically coming in this decade. That doesn't mean that we live normally until that point. The, for example, the statistical zero hour for no functional wildlife populations left on planet Earth, which statistically calculates out at about 2026, and the pending collapse of the ozone layer, an extinction level event, which also equates out to about mid-decade, this decade. That doesn't mean we live normally till then. It means the effects are cataclysmic right now. It's becoming impossible to grow food in certain regions right now. We don't live normally until then. And the bigger wild card is the fact that the power structure is becoming unimaginably desperate and dangerous because they know they can't hide the severity of what's unfolding for much longer from the public. The moment the public wakes up and panics, the entire paradigm will overturn. As the global controllers run out of options in regard to masking, unfolding, and accelerating planetary collapse, from so far asleep at the wheel populations, will they, i.e. the global power structure, foment and fuel the triggering of a nuclear war to bring on a so-called nuclear winter, a last-ditch desperate attempt to slow down the unfolding and accelerating planetary meltdown? The U.S. government continues to try and convince Americans that it's standing on moral high ground in comparison to other countries. Frontline facts obliterate any such notion. To the Americans that still naively believe that the criminal cabal masquerading as their government would not participate in or even perpetrate a nuclear holocaust in addition to the rest of their ongoing crimes against humanity and the web of life, time to wake up. I'm out of time for this broadcast, but here's the bottom line. We're in the twilight hours of the Anthropocene Epoch, i.e. the Age of Man. Is there any point in trying to make a difference at this late hour? A hundred times a day, for more years than I can now remember, I've wrestled with this conundrum. And a hundred times a day, I know I must press on in this battle. How the drama concludes isn't up to me. How I play my part in it is. Each of us must choose. It cannot be otherwise. Our individual will is all that we can truly call our own. All else can be taken. Many in modern societies are taught and trained to apply themselves only to objectives that they are assured will have a happy ending. But this form of philosophy is woefully deficient. Must we not ask the question, what is a happy ending? Biblical scholars perhaps cite this scripture. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Countless other spiritual traditions come to the same conclusion. If one were to hear such words by their maker at the end of their life's journey, is that not a happy ending? Isn't that a life well lived? Doing what is right because it is right should be, must be, the foundational factor 
that fuels us forward. We must constantly ask ourselves why we are here, if not to apply ourselves wholly and completely to standing against the gathering darkness, then why? Yes, each of us has individual circumstances, challenges, and abilities. Each plays a different part in the drama, in the unfolding fight for all that matters. But all are called to participate in it, i.e. in this drama that we call life. When I now trek through the dying and deathly silent forest that surrounds my off-grid home, my heart bleeds because I remember the paradise it was in years now past. And yet, when I witness the remaining stragglers of wildlife that are soldiering on, trying as best as they can to play their part, I feel a righteous rage rising up inside me, a wave of anger and angst at what has been done to the countless innocent life forms that once made up the incomprehensibly miraculous web of life, life forms that have no voice except for us. I feel the same rage at the future that has been stolen from my children, from all children. Are we to just sit down and warm a pew with our backsides and give up? No, never. We must fight on. So long as we're standing and able, we must press on. From the beginning of our existence, geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record that as biosphere implosion and societal collapse became impossible for the power structure to hide, they, the controllers, would become more desperate and dangerous than ever before. That time is unfolding now, by the day. If we're to have any chance of salvaging any future for anyone, if anyone is to have any possibility of making it through what's coming, we must take a stand now, each of us, all of us. Tomorrow is too late. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help in this all-important battle to expose the insanity and all those perpetrating it. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.